Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug. Get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome back for season three of A Most Unusual Tea Party. Known affectionately around these parts as the season of love. I'm Teresa Abram, a handwriting analyst and graphologist, and if you are curious about decoding the messages of the subconscious mind, then pour yourself a mug of something yummy and join me at the table. As longtime listeners of the show know, here at the Tea Party, we use the letter T to unlock a person's story, which gives us an unusual look into the guests who join me at the table. We are calling this season the season of love, because along with looking at a person's written letter T and spotting the lie, which we started doing in season two and where I'm running about 60% accuracy, we are also identifying a person's love language from their handwriting. The idea of love languages is based on the work of Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages, among many other great books about love and relationships of all sorts. Essentially, Dr. Gary Chapman has identified five major ways that human beings express and receive love, and they are, in no particular order, number one. Words of affirmation. This is where somebody really feels loved when they are praised or recognized for something. They can be really sensitive to criticism. Words are super important to people who have words of affirmation as their primary love language. Number two, quality time. Quality time means that you really are looking for connection, support, and understanding through quality conversations. Now, this is different from an advice-based conversation. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for focused attention where communication is super important and there's a give and take and an exchange of ideas and feelings. Number three, receiving gifts. I think that this is probably the one love language that gets the worst rap. But receiving gifts is really about somebody who thrives on the love and thoughtfulness and the effort behind the gift. These people really appreciate having a visual representation, a visual symbol of love. Now, sometimes it's not just a tangible, it's certainly not related to how expensive the gift is. It could be just as simple as a wildflower given in the moment. It can also represent the gift of presence, simply having that person there, walking with them, having their back can mean the world to these people with receiving gifts as their love language. Number four, acts of service. Acts of service is pretty much what it sounds like. These are the people who want to share the responsibilities of day-to-day -day life. The phrase, let me do that for you, is music to their ears. Typically, these people are going to be very self-sufficient and ambitious and logical, methodical and organized because it really does take time and planning to make time to perform the acts of service amid daily living. And that is one thing about all of these love languages is that how you best express it, how, what you do most frequently and most freely to show love to somebody is also usually a good clue as to how you're going to best receive it. So if there is somebody you know who does a lot of acts of services, chances are they also appreciate it 
when you do an act of service for them. And number five is physical touch. And that is where they do enjoy having the touch of another person. That can mean sex. It also means public displays of affection. So things like hugging, hand-holding, kissing, um, walking by, and, you know, a little shoulder massage. All of those acts contribute to this person feeling loved. They need that physical connection, that physical reminder that they are loved and seen. Now, while all of these love languages are delightful to experience and all of them contribute to our sense of feeling love, everyone has one primary love language, which when they receive it, makes them feel loved. And if they are missing it, will make them feel unloved. You can find out what your love language is by taking the quiz at www. Five, that's the number five, lovelanguages.com slash quizzes. I'll also put that link in the show notes, and I highly recommend doing that quiz prior to listening to the rest of the season. But even if you don't take the quiz, you are going to find out lots about the love languages and how people relate just by listening. Now, in one episode of The Tea Party, a guest that actually teaches the love languages in her university course learned something new about the love languages during our discussion. Now, what is really different about season three of The Tea Party is that I don't know my guests at all before they join me at the table. All I know is their name, what their handwriting is like, and that I've got something yummy in my mug so you find out what my guest does at the same time I do. It has been fascinating to talk with people from all around the world and decode their handwriting, spot their deceptions, and identify their love languages, and also meet them for the very first time. Talk about making connections with people on a really deep level. But what I love most, and I'm sure you will too, is that every single episode, except for this one, is chock full of handwriting analysis. Now, some of the analysis is just off the cuff and based on the discussions and what comes up between us, and some of it is planned. So of course, the letter T is still our primary focus. And this season, we encounter a really unusual T that marked a first for the tea party and had me super excited to meet this guest future episodes of season three, The Season of Love, is professionally edited by Casey Broda, who you can find at caseybroda.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-D-A.com. So grab a mug of something yummy, pull up a chair, and get ready to have some fun talking tea.